In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The first reading for the third Sunday of Easter is from Acts chapter 2. Then Peter got up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed them. Then all the people of Israel should know that it's true, that God made him Lord in Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. They asked Peter and the other apostles, Hello, Jews, what should we do? Peter answered them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will be given the Holy Spirit. What is promised belongs to you, to your children, and to all who are far off, all whom the Lord our God will call. He said much more to warn them. Be saved from these crooked people. He urged them. Those who accepted what he said were baptized. And that day about 3,000 persons were added. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading comes from 1 Peter chapter 1. And if you call on him as your father, who judges each one according to what he has done, without favoring one over another, live reverently as long as you are strangers here, knowing that you were freed from the worthless life you inherited from your father's not by a payment of silver or gold which perish, but by the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without a fault or a spot, appointed before the world was made. He was revealed in the last period of time to help you. And through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory. And so your faith and hope rest in God. Now that by obeying the truth you purified yourselves to love, Sincerely as brothers, love one another with a pure heart and intensely. You were born again, not by a seed that perishes, but by one that cannot perish, God's ever-living word. All people are like grass, and all their glory like the flower in the grass. The grass withers, and the flower drops off, but the Lord's word lives forever. This word is the good news you have been told. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking about everything that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself joined them and walked with them. 
They saw him, but were kept from knowing who he was. What are you discussing as you're walking along? He asked them. They stood still and looked gloomy. Are you the only stranger living in Jerusalem? The one by the name of Clopas asked him, Who doesn't know what happened there these days? What do you mean? He asked. All about Jesus of Nazareth, they told him, who was a prophet mighty in what he did and said before God and all the people. And how our high priests and rulers handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping he would be the one to free Israel. What is more, this is now the third day since it happened. And then some of our women startled us. They went to the grave early this morning and didn't find his body. They came and told us, they had even seen a vision of angels who said he is alive. Some of our men went to the grave and found it as the women had said, and they didn't see him. How foolish are you, he told them, and how slow to believe everything the prophet said. Didn't the Christ have to suffer this? And so go to his glory? Then he explained to them, starting with Moses and all the prophets, what they said about him in all their writings. And so they came near the village where, he was, where they were going, and he acted as if he were going further. Stay with us, they urged him. It's getting late, and the day is almost gone. So he went in to stay with them. While he was at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew who he was, but he vanished from them. Didn't our hearts glow, they said to each other, as he was talking to us on the way and explaining the Bible to us? That same hour, they started out went back to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them all together. These said, The Lord really did rise, and Simon saw him. Then the two men told them what had happened on the way and how they had recognized him while he was breaking the bread. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Our sermon text today is our gospel text. Grace and peace are from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Why do we put such an emphasis on the Lord's Supper? We haven't claimed that it's necessary for salvation. But throughout church history, the Lord's Supper has been held in high regard. Following Pentecost, the disciples are breaking bread daily. Paul shows in his letter to the Corinthians how the Lord's Supper is clearly a regular part of their church service. Throughout the centuries, the Lord's Supper has been celebrated every Sunday. 
And in some places and times, the Lord's Supper was even had and offered as frequently as every day. Now, during the Reformation, Lutherans continued to celebrate regularly the Lord's Supper. Such a service containing the Lord's Supper was called a Mass. And so this is why the Lutheran confessions responded, talking about Masses, to those who said we weren't celebrating the Mass properly by stating this. We do not abolish the Mass, but religiously keep and defend it. Masses are celebrated among us every Lord's Day and all the other festivals. Now in such a defense, you can clearly hear how valued the Lord's Supper is by our forefathers. But what isn't evident is exactly why there is such value and importance put on the Lord's Supper. Now we can recall from our catechism how the supper was instituted by Jesus and that in it God gives forgiveness. For these reasons alone, we could and should have a high regard for the Lord's Supper. We have Jesus telling us to do this. And we have forgiveness given to us at the table. We could stop there. This is enough. But we also can and do recognize that Jesus said of the bread, this is my body, and of the wine, this is my blood. And it is in these words that our gospel text gives us pause to ponder and think about further. Our text begins with two disciples leaving Jerusalem and heading to Emmaus. It is Sunday. They had hoped Jesus would have redeemed Israel. But that hope seemed to be far gone as these disciples knew of Jesus' death sentence. They knew he was buried in a tomb. They also knew that some of the women disciples had seen angels who said he was alive and they couldn't find his body. All this they were discussing as they were traveling to Emmaus. It was into this discussion that a stranger inquired, and after hearing their response, he began to teach them that this was all in accordance with Scripture. They listened intently to his words, and their hearts were burning, glowing. Jesus teaching them moves them from skeptics to believers. They moved to actually believe in the resurrected Jesus. But still they do not recognize Jesus in his teaching them. They don't see him in his word. Amazingly, he is present with them on the road, on the way. Jesus is walking with them during the teaching and accompanying them. Just as he continues to be present in the reading of the scriptures and the teaching during the sermon. He is here now as you hear his word. He's walking with 
you. He's the sojourner or stranger who accompanies you, but whose presence you do not see or recognize. But the journey does not end with the teaching. The two disciples ask the Lord to remain with them, and so he does. They come together at the table. It is here that their eyes are opened as Jesus breaks the bread. They realize that he is indeed with them. For a moment they see him. They recognize their Lord and then he becomes invisible. And so the teaching of the word also rests on you and remains with you and brings you to this table up here. It is at this table that our Lord breaks bread with us. Jesus is present giving and distributing this bread and his body to you and me. He is present giving his cup and his blood to you and me. It is here that you see Jesus, it is here that you recognize him. Yes, he is invisible so that you do not see him with your physical eyes. And yet you do see him. You recognize that he is present. Here is his body and his blood. You see Jesus, you see your risen Lord and his resurrection. Here at the table, he joins with you and you with him. Here, you and he come together. Here, we all join with him. And thus, at this table, you join in the proclamation that Paul speaks of in 1 Corinthians 11, when he says, you proclaim the Lord's death, the Passover lamb who dies for his people. Here at Emmaus, it becomes clear that in the proclamation of his death in his supper, you are proclaiming his resurrection too. This is a meal of celebration. This is the feast of victory for our Lord. And here is why such a great emphasis has been placed on the Lord's Supper by Christians. This is why the meal is so important to us. This meal is more than a remembrance, though it is certainly that. And it's more than a community activity though it is certainly that. This meal is a face-to-face -face with Jesus. It is where we see Jesus here and now, even though we can't see him. Here at this table, we stand before Jesus. We eat of him and with him. He shares himself with us here at this table. He comes to his people. He comes to you invisibly, but truly 
and bodily here. Just think about it for a moment. People all over the world are searching for God. People are trying to find Him in their songs and emotions. They're trying to feel Jesus touch them in their feelings or feel like He's with them because they are good and righteous. People try to find God in logic and reason or they seek mystical experiences or quiet moments where they think they might sense Him. The pursuit to find God leads to all kinds of places. We, too, are tempted to look for God in many different places. We're encouraged by our world and sometimes even by church leaders to find God in our works or our freedom or in any number of places, especially out in nature. And while God is certainly present everywhere and anywhere we go, He has never promised to meet us in any place for our good, for our benefit, or even in a personal way, except, except in His Word, in baptism, and in Holy Communion. Only in these has He promised to meet us for our blessing and in an intimate and personal way. And only in the supper are our eyes open to see Jesus with us. That means on this side of heaven, what better place can we go? On this side of heaven, where can we be in God's presence with more certainty? On this side of heaven, how can we be more blessed than to have our Lord break bread with us and for us? It's here in the assembly of the body of Christ gathered to receive our Lord's body in the supper that Jesus is present for you and me. What greater good is there? Everything else in this world pales in comparison to being with our Lord and God. And because He walks with us in His Word and is present in His Supper, Christians have valued the gift of Holy Communion because it's more than a gift-wrapped present. Communion is our Lord Himself with you and me. So how, how can we look for Jesus anywhere else? How can we run after signs in the world as if we can get closer to God through such when He has already told us where we can meet Him? And so we cry to the Lord, forgive us for looking elsewhere for you than in your word and sacraments. And the wondrous thing the wondrous thing is that He does. He forgives. It is just following this account in Luke 24 that Jesus appears to the disciples and He says, Peace be with you. Yes, yes, the supper ushers you 
into Jesus' very presence. And he shares with you his body and blood, thus making peace with you and me. He covers your sins with his death and forgives them by his sacrifice. All your sins are gone. All of them are forgiven. Let us rejoice and sing for the victory over death and sin. Let us rejoice and sing for our Lord's grace, mercy, and steadfast love. Let us rejoice and sing for our resurrected Lord abides with us in his word. And we truly see him in the breaking of the bread. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. All readings prior to the sermon come from an American translation of the Bible.